it's your crappy quiet time, sis. Like I'm not going to sugarcoat it right now. You need to understand that a lot of the stress and struggle, a lot of the overwhelm, a lot of the lack of productivity, a lot of the meltdowns that you're experiencing is as a result of not having a daily quality quiet time, a time that you sit with the Lord, you experience his presence you review and consume his word, and you interact with the God of heaven and earth, your creator, so that you can set yourself up or so that he sets you up for a great day. So if this is resonating, if you know that I'm telling you facts, straight facts right now, then you're going to want to grab the 10-day quiet time challenge that I'm getting ready to host May 1st to the 12th. You want to jump in there. No excuses. Jump in. So what this is going to be is it's going to be 10 days of me walking you through building and then executing an effective daily quiet time in less than 30 minutes a day. Like that's for real. So the first five days, I'll be teaching you about the five different components that you need to include in a quality quiet time. At least these are the ones that work for me and have worked for me for many, many years. And then the second set of five days, I'm gonna be meeting with you live on Zoom each morning and we are going to do a 30-minute effective quiet time. And then you're going to get to keep the recordings of these sessions. So if you want to go back, if you want to do quiet time with me um, for another week, another two weeks, another three weeks, as you get this habit set in your life, go for it. I'm going to give you an activation workbook filled with templates and journal prompts so that you have like the way to do the quiet time in a templated format. It's just done for you. And then listen, there's a community so you can get in there for accountability and support and stuff. That's awesome. But then here's the thing this big bonus. We're giving you a free general admission ticket to our upcoming Revive Women Conference happening May 19th to the 21st. It's good to get you in the on-campus version of the conference or online, and you get access to the recording. So if you can't make it live for any reason, you're still going to get access. So all of this is on offer for you. It starts May 1st. It's called the 10-Day Quiet Time Challenge. I'm hosting it in conjunction with Revive Woman. I'd love to see you in there. If you know it's time to get registered, go to revivewoman.com dot org slash QT challenge. That's revivewoman.org slash QT challenge. And I'll see you on the inside. All right. Now I want you to grab your Bible, your journal and a pen, and let's get into this week's episode. Well, hey there, and welcome back to the Physician to Prosper podcast. I'm your host, Erica Pyle. And today, we're going to talk about your crappy quiet time, sis. Like, seriously, we're going to get into it. Now, maybe you, you're listening and you're like, I have a really great quiet time. So I'm just going to tell you straight out of the gates, maybe this isn't the episode for you. Because if you've got a quiet time with the Lord on a daily basis that's actually working, that and what I mean by working is that you go through your day feeling connected to the Lord throughout the day. You feel like you have somewhere to reach when you need extra support. You know the word that you're standing on. You know the promises. You know how to regulate your soul, meaning your thoughts, your feelings, your choices, your declarations. You know that those are superseded under the things that you believe and that that has been encouraged and has been strengthened by your quiet time each day. Then maybe this isn't your episode. Maybe you're just maybe you're just nosy and you want to know what I'm going to tell people to do. So by all means, stick around. But this episode is really for the girl who 
is experiencing a tremendous amount of overwhelm, lack of productivity, emotional reactivity throughout the day, feeling overwhelmed, feeling stressed out, feeling like you don't have solutions for things um, and you just want to tap out or you've just burned out and now you're just like, let me be and you're just letting things fly past you. Listen, listen, listen. One of the major reasons that that happens to us as Christians is because we do not have a daily time where we sit with the Lord and encounter his presence, encounter him and have an exchange with him so that we are filled up with what we need for the day. Now, you might be like, Erica, I I shouldn't have to do that every day. Well, I don't know. Matthew 6.33, right? It talks about, um, you know, put first um, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all of these things will be added to you. And, you know, in um, in Matthew, I think it's nine or is it six, six, where Jesus is giving them the Lord's prayer, where he's doing the Our Father who art in heaven. We pray, give us this day our daily bread. You know, but going back to Matthew 6, 33, where he talks about, you know, putting first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, what we need to see there is he's like, look, tomorrow is going to have a lot of its own. So like today has got enough for you to worry about. So let's just worry about today, yo. And that's where this idea of having a daily quiet time comes in. Now, the next place that when we're entering into this topic of having a quality to quiet time um, that people tend to push back on me is they go, well, Erica, I don't have to do it in the morning. I'm like, all right. I've even seen some recent reels of people talking about defending their quiet time at the end of the day. And while listen, I have no problem with you setting your mind on God and getting into his presence and praying and even reading the word of God at night before you go to bed. I think it's all great because it sets you up to have a great night of sleep. When you get up and you react into your day without putting God first, you are setting yourself up for trouble. You're setting yourself up to have a bad day. And I tell this story a lot um, to my discipleship mentorship girls um, and to my church, but there are times when you know I get up and I've started my day and my husband encounters me and we have an exchange. It is not uncommon for him on bad days to look at me and be like, hey, maybe you should go back upstairs and spend some time in the word. Maybe you should spend some time with God. And that is his ever so gentle way of saying, like, look, I know you didn't start your day with a quiet time. I know you jumped into your day reacting to situations and circumstances. You probably picked your phone up before you did anything else. You let the pressure of what needed to get done get to you and you were off to the races and it shows. It shows. And I'm so thankful that I have a husband who can speak truth to me like that because it's absolutely right. I know it. I know that when I don't start my day with the Lord, when I don't start my day, and it doesn't, I don't, it doesn't mean you have to have a study. That that's one misconception is people think that a quiet time means that you have to study your Bible. You do not have to study your Bible during a quiet time. This is why some people resist quiet time because they're like, I don't have an hour or two hours to do it. You don't need that. You need 30 minutes. Like you could, technically, you could do a quiet time in 10 minutes if you needed to. You could connect with God for 10 minutes straight in the morning. That's fantastic because for the most part, we're avoiding even those 10 minutes because we think that it takes much longer. And I'm telling you right now, a 10 minute quiet time is better than no quiet time. A 10 minute quiet time is better than no quiet time. 
And so I want to encourage you to consider putting this at the beginning of your day because, you know, I, I hear it. People are like, it doesn't matter when you do it. It doesn't matter when you connect with the Lord. No, it like connect with the Lord all day long. You know, Paul said, pray without ceasing. And I believe that, you know, and you look at Daniel and he prayed three times a day and he was very specific and very regimented, very disciplined with his prayer times. And so I'm not telling you not to have multiple or different times of connecting with God. I'm telling you that it is vital if you want to have a good day, if you want to have a productive day, if you want to have an emotionally healthy day, if you want to have a mentally healthy day, that you start your day in the present of God, recognizing him, prioritizing him, putting him first and asking him first, what are we doing with this day? That is how you have an awesome day. And so I talked a little bit about it in the opener to this episode, but I'm getting ready to host a 10-day quiet time challenge in conjunction with Revive Women. That's the ministry, the women's ministry that I founded 11 years ago. But here, I'm going to give you the behind the scenes, okay? So we've got our conference coming up. And this will be our 11th conference. And the last few years, what we've done as we've gone into conference season is I have hosted a study. So it's usually a four-week study that we do. And what it's meant to be, in all honesty, is a, is a little peek inside my discipleship mentorship that I have called the Jesus Girl Gang. And so just I'm giving you a real behind-the-scenes look here right now. So the idea is that women come to be aware of Revive Woman. We're out there. We're, you know, serving with uh, social media content and with my messages that I'm that I'm giving in the midst of Girls Nights Out events or the conference. And I'm sharing these messages. I'm sharing these words that the Lord has given me. And I'm encouraging women. Okay. And so they find Revive Woman. And then maybe they come to an event and they experience the community and the relational quality of what we're building at Revive Woman. And they start to understand, whoa, I can't really do this thing alone. It really is better when I run with a crew of like-minded, like-spirited women who want to make a sound for Jesus and his kingdom into the earth. Okay, okay. And so they start to get that. And then inevitably what happens is that they go through, they start to realize like, Oh, I want to I want to do something impactful. And so for those women who want to maybe start a ministry, want to start a Bible study of their own, want to start a business that is built on principles, biblical principles and, you know, making a sound for Jesus in his kingdom, a bold and confident sound for Jesus in his kingdom. They think, "You know what? I got to get intentional about this. I want to go deeper and I want to actually um get into a company of women that are making this a priority." And that's when we invite people into the the Jesus this girl gang, which is that intentional discipleship mentorship that I lead. Okay. So what we were doing in previous years were, was we would set up this study. We did one year, we did the wilderness study. Another one, another time we did uh, for such a time, like audacious faith. And we, um, you know, we really talked about why you've got to stand and have audacious faith. And um, these were highly popular studies. We we found lots of new people who wanted to do this study with us. But can I tell you something? And right now, I'm really just being brutally honest and vulnerable. And I'm sharing with you things that we've tried to try and help people and move them along the continuum of serving that we have for them. Um, what I found was that by the time they were done with the study, and then we give them the conference as a free bonus with the study, they were already so full. I had taught them and encouraged them and prophesied over them and imparted to them for four weeks. 
And they had attended um, conversation pods and they had worked through this stuff and they had built relationships that many times they would get to the end of the study and they'd be like, I'm good. I don't really need a conference right now. And what they didn't understand is that our conference, the Revive Women Conference, isn't like any other conference. It's not just a women's conference like you would imagine it to be. Our conference, the Revive Women Conference, is a family reunion. It's a time of celebration and reflection for what God has done in our community as we've traveled together, and then it sets the tone for how we will travel together going forward into the next year. And so our conference is very much, it's a movement celebration. It's a family event. And so what I realized as we did this the last few years is that that study um, it was <laughs> listen, okay, listen. It was producing consumers, and it was it was validating that need of the person who thinks I just need to know more about how to think about God or how to live my life following Jesus. But there wasn't a desire for that. There wasn't a desire being stirred for the relational aspect of what we're building at Revive Women and. And I was overwhelming them and I was I was teaching them to consume, but then they'd get so burned out because it was so much that they didn't want to continue going forward. And the conference is really a place where I help people to apply. And then I invite you into the Jesus Girl Gang where you can apply everything that you're learning at a very intentional level with other women who want to do the same. And so I know that the journey, the path that I'm taking girls on through Revive Woman and the conference and the Girls' Night Out events and into Jesus Girl Gang, it's a powerful path. And it is what the Lord has shown me as the way I'm meant to help girls be able to make a bold and confident sound into the earth for Jesus and their kingdom. That's the mentorship that I offer is, do you want to make a bold and confident sound into the earth for Jesus and his kingdom? Do you want to not care about what other people are thinking and saying about you as you make the sound that God has made you to make? Because you're going to need encouragement, equipping, and empowering to do that. And that is what God has imparted to me to give to you. And that's what I want to pour out. But I was finding that putting this study at the front of the event was disqualifying some people and it was my own doing. I was giving them too much. And so this year I was sitting with my team and I was like, you know what we need to do? We need to solve a problem right off the bat and we need to do it quickly. We need to do it easily and we need people to see like God can do this quickly and easily in my life and I can start reaping the benefits immediately. We need an application that draws them in because they need to say that they have something to celebrate. And when I was doing a study before the conference, that was like, it was just learning. We weren't, we really weren't fully applying. Maybe you were in those moments, but you, it was just so much to consume. It was so much. And so they didn't feel like they could come into the conference and actively testify to something big and massive that God had done in the study that changed their life. They were still ruminating on it. They were like, I've still got to think about this. Like the wilderness study that we did, I have women in my JGG that have been ruminating on that for three years. They're still unpacking what we did in that study. And I realized that study belongs inside the JGG. It doesn't belong as a taster at the front of our relationship. Like it's too much. And so as I talked with my team this year, I said, well, I was praying and I'm like, Lord, what is the one thing? And um, it's this little known 
like thing that most of us don't realize is that the lack of productivity, the overwhelm, the emotional stress and the mental stress that we experience every single day could literally be abated and brought down. If it's a level nine or 10 in your life right now, it can be brought down to like a level two or three simply by having an effective quiet time every day. And when I realized that, I was like, oh, that's easy. And many times I think that's the reason why we don't offer to our person that God is calling us to serve. We don't offer them the easy solution because to us, it may seem like a no brainer. To us, it may seem like I'm just on autopilot and I just do that naturally. That's called God gave you a grace. God gave you a grace. And I know that God gave me a grace for process engineering and process teaching and helping people to get onto a profitable process. Like I have a grace for that. So to me, it's very simple to say, well, my day is sucking. I need to spend time with God at the beginning of the day. How do I want to do that? The next pain point would be, I don't have a lot of time in the morning. I don't perceive I have a lot of time to do that. So if it's going to take me an hour, two hours to do, I can't do that. I need, I need, like I have kids, I have a job, I have things. And so I'm like, okay, God, how do you want to solve this problem for your person? Like for your girl, like your daughter, how, how can we help them to see that it is valuable and profitable to spend time with you first thing in the morning and that it doesn't have to take more than 30 minutes in, in, in emergency situations, it can take as little as 10 minutes, but it's the, it's the commitment it's the, I'll, t- I'll give you the first principle of an effective quiet time. It is the devotion. It's devoting your heart first and foremost to God. And when you devote your heart, you will set aside time. When you devote your heart, you will get up a little bit early. When you devote your heart, when your heart is connected to God, it changes your perception of what a quiet time is, what it can be, and what it's going to cost you. Because when you're devoted, there is no cost. That would be too much. And that's the that's the starting point. And so I'm going to um, unpack these five different principles that need to be inside of your quiet time so that you will have an effective quiet time. I believe that there are five different components. And the first one is devotion. The second one is reading the word of God. You have got to consume the word of God every single day. You've got to. It is life, right? That's what that's what Hebrews tells us is that is the word of God is alive and active it's more powerful than any two-edged sword, right? It can cut between the bone and the marrow. Come on. So number two, you've got to have reading the word in your quiet time, okay? Number three, prayer. You have got to communicate with God and it's a two-way transaction. That's a two-way conversation. And so there are things that you need to say to him and then there are things that you need to sit quietly and wait for him to say to you. And then there's an application piece. There's a journaling piece. There's a um, there's a creative space in a quiet time where the things that you've read in the word and the prayer time that you've had, it's going to produce in you thoughts. It's going to produce in you ideas. It's going to produce in you convictions. And so you're going to want to journal about that or at least take notes. And you may want to go deeper into something. I said earlier, like a quiet time isn't a Bible study. Bible study is Bible study. A quiet time is spending time with the Lord. And it's it's all these different components, but a Bible study is something different. It's intentional and it's its own thing. And so maybe when you're in that journaling component, you know, you want to dig more into what the word um, submission means. It's one of my favorite words, um, hupatasso, because um, 
it means a covering. You're you're under a safe covering. And so digging into that word and the etymology of that word and where else it's used in the Bible and why that is happening for us and it's not a prison, why it's happening for us and it doesn't mean that we're not equal um, to the person who's providing that cover and that safety for us. It's it's a brilliant word to dig into, but that's not something that I'm going to do in my quiet time. That's something that I will do in my study time. Does this make sense? And that one, that one thing, that one little nugget right there might be saving you right now. You might be like, oh, that's why I've been resisting my quiet time. That's why I haven't been going because I get caught up in a thought. And before I know it, I'm an hour, hour and a half down the road. And I'm like, I didn't get anything done. But that's not what the purpose of a quiet time is. And so you need to develop a discipline in that journaling phase and that writing it down, taking notes phase, that fourth step of an effective quiet time of taking notes and saying, look, I need to put some time on my calendar to dig into this. I I really want to spend some time studying this or looking into this or meditating on this. Okay. And then the fifth, the fifth aspect of an effective quiet time, the fifth component is actually uh, setting up your day. And so we take a few minutes to look at your coming, the day that's about to happen in front of you and setting some non-negotiables and setting some targets for your day. And all five of those components go into an effective quiet time. Now, yeah, I've just given you those five components. And in fact, I have um, I have a little worksheet for you. If you go to the show notes for this show, so if you go to ericapile.com slash 126, because that's the number of this episode. So ericapile.com slash 126, you'll get to the show notes for this episode. And on that page, you'll see a place where you can download um, a little worksheet that I've put together for these five components, explaining these five components of an effective quiet time. Now, here's the thing. If that's all you needed, if that's all you needed, and now you're like, I'm going to design my own quiet time. I don't need Erica um, to help me this is what I needed, then good on you, girl, like take it and run with it. I'm all about pouring out and giving you what I have. And it doesn't have to cost you anything. But if you want me to run with you for 10 days, if you want me to sit with you, if you want me to walk you through, if you want me to encourage you, equip you, empower you, if you want me to mentor you in setting up this quiet time, if you want to have the templates and the tools that I'm going to be putting into the activation workbook, and if you want that free ticket to conference so that you can come and share about your wins as you come through this challenge, and if you want to see what it's like to be a part of our Revive Woman community, to be able to run with a, a, com- a collective of like-minded, like-spirited women as we all pursue um, what it looks like to make that bold and courageous sound that God has placed on us into the earth for Jesus and his kingdom then you want to get into the quiet time challenge. And so if that's you, go ahead and grab the worksheet because that's going to be like your little taster, your little appetizer into the challenge. But then you want to go to revivewoman.org slash QT challenge, and you want to get signed up. Now, here's the thing. I know that some of you are going to be listening to this after the live challenge happens May 1st to the 12th. It's 2023. But no worries, because we're going to make sure that this is um, what's called an evergreen product, meaning you're going to be able to get a hold of this even if we've already done the live version. You can go to revivewoman.org slash QT challenge, and you can get the replay version of all of it. And we'll make Make sure that the conference is in the bonus section of your challenge when you get access to this to this program. Okay, so if but if it's before May first, are you excited to be able to jump in live and get with me as we build an 
implement a quality, effective quiet time together in 30 minutes or less a day, your life is going to change. Like I, I can't express enough the difference. I notice a difference when I start my day with a good quiet time and when I don't. And quite frankly, when I don't, I am begging to go back to sleep and wake up again so I can start over again because it is like it is night and day. And so I really want to help you with this. I really want to help you to experience a better day, um, a more alive day, a more productive day, a more emotionally stable day, a less reactive day, a less overwhelmed day, all of those things. So get on in to the Quiet Time Challenge starting on May 1st. Go to revivewoman.org slash QT Challenge and I'll see you on the inside of that, okay? All right. And meanwhile, don't forget, you can grab the worksheet that accompanies this episode by going to ericapile.com slash 126. Grab your free worksheet and uh, then see maybe if the quiet time challenge is still not for you. All right, friend. Until next time, I pray you have a great week and I'll talk to you soon.